Okay, good morning everybody. What better way to uh, enter into Shloshes uh, Me'agbala, Kabbalah's Pnei Torah in a couple days. And Amir uh, Tzashem, we should continue to have a year full of uh, learning and, and Shemir Samitzvos and, uh, and Avoda and Simchas. So, uh, we are very exciting. We're starting a new parak today. This parak, I'm sure we all learned when we were younger, uh, whether in camp or, or school. Um, I know I learned it in camp and in school. Uh, but hopefully we'll have a little bit of a uh, better shlit over it. We'll, we'll understand it a little bit better. We'll apply to uh, halacha to it. This, is, this chapter is full of halachic uh, implications for today. Halacha is very practical. Um, there's the one 800-pound uh, gorilla in the room, and the elephant, I should say, and that is the, the Torah of the, the Indian of mitzvot shrichos kavana, whether mitzvot need intent, what kind of intent. We're going to hold off on that until Shavuos night. That's a long topic. I'll get you the notes. And I'm going, to put, I'm going to say it over again afterwards on Sunday so it goes online because it's too big of a topic to cover in one shear. Uh, in the, in, you know, usually 10, 50 minutes we save just for the raid. Um, but uh, it's a mammoth topic. It's one of the biggest topics in Shas. Five different Gemaras we'll have to explore. It's a fascinating topic with a lot of implications. We'll get to that in Mir Sashem, but for Maybe now... It's a good opportunity to mention when are we going to do it. Oh, so 11.45, Shavuos night. 11.45, 12.30, where is still up in the air? I have to wing back there from Jeffrey Goldramp. But 11.45 to 12.30, Mirza Shem, we're going to talk about Mitzvah Srikas Kavana, which is really the topic of our Mishnah. But uh, we'll, ta- we'll tackle some of the smaller topics today and tomorrow, Mirza Shem. Okay, you, with that intro, Yud Gimel Amad Aleph, the Mishnah. Everyone should know where we are. Okay, Hayakore Torah. So now we're going to talk about if the event that someone was, happened to have been reading from the Torah, and we're assuming that he read through the Parshios. Keeping in mind that the third parsha of Kriya Shema is in Parsha Shlach, that's the parsha of Tzitzis. The first parsha of Shema is in Parsha Ve'eschanan. And the second parsha of Ha'im Shema is in Parsha Ekev. So if you think about it, if you were to read from Bracious all the way to Zosar Bracha, the order of the parshas of Shema that you would read based on the order of the parshas is 3-1-2. Parsha Vayomer, which is in Shlach, and the Bamidbar. Then you would get to the beginning of Eschanan, the second parsha of Dvarim is the first parsha. Parak of Kriyashma, <coughs> Kriyashma, which is one, and then Akev, three parshas later, you have two, so it'd be three, one, two. So the Gemara says, Mishnah says as follows: Hayikore Torah. Someone happened to have been reading from a Sefer Torah, let's just say, Vigias Mana Mikra, and it happens to be that when he got to the parshas of the end of Shlach or uh, or uh, the beginning of uh, Dvarim, it happened, happened to be that the time of either Zman Kriyashma of Shachris or Mariv or Arvis came. And the Gemara, the Mishnah says, "Im libo yotza." If he had the proper kavana, he is yotze the mitzvah of kriyashma. That's what the, the only line of the Mishnah. It's going to set off fireworks in the Gemara. But for right now, basically, it says that if one was reading from a sefer Torah, let's just say from a sefer Torah, and it happened to have been the time that kriyashma was was due, meaning it was in the morning or at night, and he happened to have read those parshios at that time. The Mishnah says, if he had Kavana, now it doesn't say what kind of Kavana, we're going to learn there are actually four different types of Kavana, three in general, maybe two in general, maybe extra two by Kriyashma, but if he had Kavana, he was Yotzeh the Mitzvah. The implication is that if he didn't have Kavana, he's not Yotzeh. The reason this is going to set off fireworks is because the Gemara Moshadat says, if someone is playing a shofar, but possibly as, let's just say, he's playing it as a flute, not necessarily in the context of blowing the shofar, is he Yotze? Is he not Yotze? So we're going to see the Shita of Rabbah. 
Uh, so it's mitzvahs ain't srichos kavana, mitzvahs do not need kavana, but here it certainly suggests that mitzvahs do need kavana. If you had kavana to have in mind to be yotze kriyashma, then you'd be yotze the mitzvah. Now again, we don't know, I just threw an extra couple words here. When it says kiven, we don't really know what kavana is talking about, but let's put that on the back burner for a second. The Gemara has the next, sorry, the Mishnah starts off the next topic. So there's four separate topics in this Mishnah. First one was whether you need kavana. Number two, let's say now that you are in shul, and someone comes over to greet you, or you see someone that you would like to greet. What is the halacha? What is the rule that are you allowed to stop in the middle of a parak of Kriyashma, or in between prakim, to say hello to someone? So the Gemara says as follows, Biprakim, if someone is in the middle of, between paragraphs, we'll have to see what paragraphs we're talking about, but if someone is in between paragraphs, this is the opinion of Rabbi Meir, he's the Tanakhama, the first opinion, it says, Shoal Kavod, Umeshiv, and you can answer. Basically, it means that if you see someone who you have to go ahead and it would be proper for you to go ahead and preempt him and give him shalom first. Rashi just says, seems to say that he's deserving of your kavod. He doesn't really expound. But if he's deserving of your kavod, you can say hello to him and you can answer him. Now, the Gemara is going to ask later on, obviously, if I could start the conversation, obviously, then I can respond and answer to him. So why does it have to say both? Gamar is going to ask that on Yud Gimel Amar but basically if, I, if I'm in between paragraphs and I see someone that I should really go ahead and give him kavod, that I should go ahead and be mocked him kavod, shalom, that's what the Rashi says. It just doesn't ex, uh, explain beyond that. He says someone who deserves kavod. The Rambam actually says it's someone like your father or your Rebbe or someone who's a bigger Tamachacham than you. Okay. And Umeshiv, and you can certainly answer him. Uva Emsa, if you're in the middle of a parak, says Rabbi Meir, then it's a higher level. So if you think about it, there are really three different levels. The first level is a regular Joe Schmo, your buddy, your friend, who's on the same level as you. The next level is Kavod, someone that you're, you really deserve, they deserve your honor. And the third level is Yira, you're afraid of someone. You're afraid that you may be killed, an officer, a, a, a police officer, a president, uh, someone, or a Melech in the olden times. Someone who, there was actually an element of fear if you didn't go in and greet him. So the three levels. So Rabbi Meir says, if you're middle, uh, in between Prakim, then you can go ahead and do the second level. You can ask someone hello. You can say, start a conversation. Hello, greet someone, and you can answer. But if you're middle of a parak, in, not in between Prakim, not in between Shema and Vahaya, or Vahaya and Vayomer, but you're in the middle of Vayomer, you can only say hi and respond to out of Yira, out of fear for your life. Okay, that's the shita of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda says, and by the way, what's interesting is, do you really have to tell me if I fear my life that I can say hello to somebody? That's obvious, right? We're not allowed to go, go ahead and put ourselves in a makam sakana. So they answer differently. So some answer that's talking about where really that it's talking about not someone who's going to kill you, but it says, ish imo vaviv tiro, you should be afraid of your parents. So it's talking about um, kavod, for your parents. Obviously, if someone, if, if there's an officer, you're living in Russia and in the 1900s and there's a KGB officer talk, about to come to you, of course you say hello to him first, right? You, so you don't need a Mishnah to tell us that. So some interpret it, when it says Yira, it doesn't mean that you're actually going to be killed, but rather, of or mother, so on and so forth. That's what we may. Rabbi Huda says as follows. He takes it down, he's more makil, he's more lenient. And Rabbi Huda says as follows. When the Mishnah on Yud Gimel and Aleph. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ba'emsa, if you are in the middle of a parak, then show up Ne'ayira, you can even ask, you can start a conversation, you can greet someone out of fear, Umeshiv Ne'akavod, as opposed to Rabbi Meir, who says you have to 
stay within that, that top tier, if you're in the middle of the parak, he says you can start a conversation out of Yira, but you can respond, because respond obviously means someone spoke to you first, so it's, it's a little bit of a, less of a chiddush that you can respond, the second level. And if you're in between the prakim, you're in between either the brachos, or between the first and second prakim of Kriyashma, or the third parak, then shom that kavod, you can start a conversation, you can greet someone out of kavod, the second level, out of honor, and you can respond uh, a, um, <clears throat> a uh, salutation to uh, anybody. So that's a lower level, because according to Rabbi Meir, um, the, if you're in between the prakim, you can go ahead and show up near kavod, uh, if you're in between Prakim, but if you're in the middle, it's only out of Yira. If you're middle of, in the paragraph, you can only ask out of Yira and respond out of Yira. Rabbi Huda takes it down one notch. So that is the second part. The third part, <clears throat> let's define what those Prakim are. Elohim Beina Prakim. This is what's considered between the paragraphs. Bein Bracha Rishonah, between the first uh, Bracha of Kriyashma, which is Yotzer or to Bracha Shnia Avarab or Avasolam, depending if it's morning or night. Bein Shnia Leparsa Shema, or Shema, between the second Bracha and between the first paragraph of Shema is considered in between the Bein Shema of Shema between the first and second paragraphs, Bein Vahim Shema Vayomer between the second and third paragraphs, and Bein Vayomer and Emesiyatsiv. And between after the third paragraph, before you start Emesiyatsiv, is still considered between the Prakim, and that is a lower um, a lower level of kedusha, so to speak. That you it's easier to greet someone, respond to someone if you're in between a parak as opposed to in the middle of a parak. Amen. Now. <clears throat> Rabbi Huda says, Bein Vayomer, the MS Vyatsiv lo Yafsik. One should not go ahead and stop between Vayomer and MS Vyatsiv afterwards. As a matter of fact, sometimes we hear the Chazan say, Hashem Kechem. Uh, he doesn't say, Hashem Kechem, MS. But he doesn't say, Ani, Hashem Kechem, MS. And they go straight into Vyatsiv. And we're going to do that tomorrow. We're going to discuss tomorrow about stopping, about starting Kriya Shema, adding three words or ending with three words. Because the, the number of words in Kriya Shema is, how many words in Kriya Shema? 248. How many limbs in our body? 248. So if you have a chazin who says Hashem Kech MS, then you have 248. But if you don't, you add Kel Melch Nam on the beginning to make the 248. But in any event, we'll get to that tomorrow. The last part of the Mishnah, Amri Bishu Ben Karcha. Who was Ben Karcha? What does Kireach mean, Ayal? Bald. Bald. Someone not like me. Not like you, exactly. I didn't ask for that reason, by the way, just oh, okay. say. <laughs> but anyway, Bishu Ben Karcha, just because you're the Israeli, uh, you know, you're a uh, local Hebrew expert. Um, don't read into it more than it was. So now, but Ben Karcha, who is this referring to? Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was bald, and his nickname was Karcha. So Bishu Ben Karcha is the son of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Shua Ben Karcha says, Why do we read? In other words, again, if the order was... Three, one, two. We just said, right? The order in Parsha in the in Sefer Torah is Parsha Tzitzis first, end up by Midbar, then Shema, then Vam Shema. So why do we change the order? Why don't we go according to the order that the Torah prescribed? So Lama Kadma Parsha Shema Vam Shema Kidei says Rabbi Shema Karcha Sheikabel Alavo Malchus Shemaim Tchila first, so that we can go ahead and we can accept uh, the yoke of Shemaim first. Shema talking about the Yichud Hashem, the oneness of Hashem. And the second one is If you listen to the mitzvahs, so first you have to accept that there's a there's a Hashem. Once you accept there's a Hashem, then you can talk about accepting his mitzvahs. And then last, why does Vahim Shmoa precede Vayomer? And then Vahim Shmoa, why and why does Vahim Shmoa precede Vayomer? Because the last paragraph, Noeg ben Vayomer ben Laila, second paragraph of Vayomer applies day and night, but Vayomer ain't no Noeg ella Vayom bilvad. But Vayomer only applies 
to the nighttime. Why? Because it says, or isimoso, right? Or isimoso, we learn that it does not apply at night. What about, what about Zechira Sisiyas Mitzrayim? We discussed that Zechira Sisiyas Mitzrayim also applies morning and night. That's why we say it at night. So they said that Rabbi Shubh Karcha holds like the Chachamim, who says that Yimei Chayacha means now. Kol Yimei Chayacha means Lahavin Mos Mashiach. We'll say it in the future. But according to the Chachamim, we pass like Benzoma. But according to the Chachamim, we don't say Marv at night. We don't say Parshas, um, the third Parsha at night, because you don't mention Tzias Mitzrayim at night. So he happens to hold like, like the Chachamim. So the fact that we Tzias Mitzrayim doesn't apply at night, and Sistus doesn't apply at night, and therefore we say it last. Because the first parsha talks about Kabbal, so Malch Hashemayim, accepting the oneness, the yoke of Hashem. Number two, once you accept Hashem, the second paragraph discusses his mitzvos. It's normal. Once you accept and, and come to the fact, realization that there's a God, you follow his mitzvos. And the last one, since that doesn't apply day and night, we only, um, we only, observe, we only say that we say that last. Before we get to the Gemara, um, I want to discuss the concept of what does that mean that Sitzis only applies during the day? So there's two famous Gemaras in Shabbos and Menachos that says, or Isim also, that we see Tzitzis, Prat Lai, that comes to exclude a nighttime Beged. Now it doesn't really tell us what a nighttime Beged is. So the question is, do pajamas need Tzitzis? If you wear a four, we know that Tzitzis you have to opt into. You have to wear a four-cornered garment in order to be high of Tzitzis. Now you don't have to wear a four-cornered garment. Right? It's a choice. When we wear it, we go ahead, obviously we all wear it, we take on that added responsibility, so we have the opportunity to wear tzitzis. So what does ksus laila mean? What does it mean that a nighttime baguette does not require tzitzis? So it's actually, as you would guess, it's a machlokas between heavyweights, the rambam, the rush, and there's actually a third opinion, and that is the, the, uh, the riff. So basically, um, the ron, excuse me. So the Rambam is of the opinion that night is the determining factor, whereas the Rush says it's the, it's the beggar, the clothing. What do I mean by that? The Rambam says at night, no matter what you're wearing, whether it's a cloth that you would wear, normally wear during the day, like a shirt, or it's pajamas that you only wear at night, it doesn't matter. Night is the defining factor. And at night, we do not wear tzitzis. He says you can wear tzitzis, but you don't make a brach on it, presumably because you wouldn't say vitzivanu. It's not a mitzvah. The Rambam actually never says, Beferish, don't wear tzitzis at night. He says, if you're going to put on tzitzis at night, don't make a bracha. So according to the Rambam, night is the defining factor. According to the Rush, the beged, the cloth, the clothing is the defining factor. If you're wearing a cloth or a clothing, piece of clothing that's normally worn during the day, you put on tzitzis, even if you're wearing it at night. Conversely, if you're wearing pajamas, which is a kasus lila, even during the day, you would not wear tzitzis. So again, when we say the Gemara says, or isim, so you have to see the tzitzis, it comes to exclude a kasus lila, a nighttime clothing, a, a, a nighttime, something that you wear at night. But it really doesn't expound upon that. So the Rambam says the defining factor is lila. If it's Lila, if it's at night, you don't have to make a bracha. Presumably, we, we interpret it to mean that he holds it's not a mitzvah, sits it's at night, no matter what you're wearing. You can be wearing a regular shirt and jeans at 2 a.m., and if you, put, you get dressed then, you do not have to make, put a bracha. You don't have to make a bracha. According to the rush, it happens to be that it doesn't make a difference day or night. The defining factor is the clothing. So pajamas never require tzitzis, even if you're wearing them during the day. And if you're getting dressed at 10 o'clock at night and the sun is already down, and it's after nighttime, and you're putting on, getting dressed, and you're wearing daytime clothing, you would still go ahead and make a bracha according to the rush. And the ron actually combines two. You need a daytime clothing in the daytime, and a nighttime clothing in nighttime would not require tzitzis. 
So he's actually a synthesis, l'chumra, of both. So actually, how do we pass him? What does the Shulchan Aruch hold? So we say as follows. It says that um, the, the Shulchan Aruch actually brings the Rambam and the Rush does not give a psak how to hold light. Is it based on the clothing or is it based on night or day? The Ramah adds, due to the fact that we're not sure, he says one should not make a bracha unless, unless you're wearing tzitzis on a daytime garment during the day. That's how the Ramah Paskins. So if you are wearing a shirt that normally you would wear during the day and it's during the day, you make, tzitz, you, you make a bracha. But if you're getting dressed on a Motzei Shabbos, let's say, to go out to, uh, I mean, not to say you can't wear tzitzis, we're saying with the zechi of the mitzvah does not apply at night if you're wearing a nighttime clothing or if you're not wearing a nighttime clothing because you need both qualifications in order to make the bracha, says the Ramah. You have to wear a normal clo- daytime clothing, not pajamas, and it has to be during, during the day. Then you don't have to. Again, we're talking about that you don't have to. It's not a mitzvah. It's still, you can still... On that piece of clothing, on that clothing, you don't have to wear tzitzis. You're not commanded on that clothing. If the pajamas, let's say you have a button shirt, which is really, you know, most polo shirts, you know, are split, split over here, but that's not enough to make, to make it a tzitzis, a four-corner garment. But let's say you have a real button shirt pajamas, like the old silk pajamas, I guess, you know, we used to wear in the yeah. olden days. days. So theoretically, you, would not have to, you don't have to put tzitzis on that. So by this logic, if we want to be able to make a bracha, According to the Ramah, we would have to take our tzitzis garment, this garment, we'd have to take it off at nighttime to show that it's only a daytime garment, and therefore we're, when we put it on in the day, it's only a daytime garment, and we make the bracha. Otherwise, if we wear it at night... Well, you, who's defining whether it's a daytime garment, you personally or the olam? By the fact that it's being worn, not just during the day, it's no so longer I'm saying, defined as a daytime well, garment. So I'm saying, for you or for the world, who defines what it is? Are you going to define what's... The universe what's of people that wear tzitzis garments like this. So, so if everybody was... Right, correct. The universe, exactly. So should take them off so that they can always make a bracha because... It's so we're going to discuss about sleeping with tzitzis in a second. But what I'm saying is, in other words, if the whole world, let's just say, wore tzitzis every night and went to sleep in it, then that would be... Pro- but the fact that... You're saying once shkia, once says comes, you should take it off? You should have to. No, but you're not putting it on then. In other words, it's already on. You don't have to say, like, take no, it off. But if Ramah's saying that it's only a daytime garment... When you make the bracha. No. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a concept of making the bracha. Make, make the bracha. That's what we're defining. It's not a concept of wearing tzitzis. It's a concept of... I of you make a bracha. It's a daytime garment. No, the but, that's but the, the, the way the Rambam, phrase, the, the Rambam phrases it, that you don't make a bracha if you put on a four-cornered garment, even with tzitzis, at night. And we deduce from there that nighttime is not considered. That's the defining factor. Yes. So everything relates to the ha- when you make the bracha. Because how do you say vitzivanu? Yes. So you're just saying basically, it's it, it, according to the Ramah, you should have to take it off every night. But you already have it on. In other words, the question is putting it on then. I don't think it's, it's already wearing it. There's a difference. If you're already wearing it, not taking it off. I thought you had said that it, was, it has to be a daytime garment, which would be Correct. only one worn during the day. Not when do you put it on. When it's, if it's a daytime garment... And you put it on Let me ask you a question. This shirt, this shirt is a daytime garment? Your, your purple shirt? No. It's not, you sleep in that? No, but I wear it at night. Exactly. But when are you putting it on? That's exactly my point. Would anyone say that's a nighttime garment? Would anyone say this is a nighttime garment? No. It's not pajamas. But I put it on. It means I just don't take it off until I'm ready to go to sleep. But when did you put it on? You put it on during the day. The fact that you take it off because we don't go to sleep when, when Sace comes. Okay. okay. Now, the question is, given the Rush's opinion that that um, a daytime garment worn at night requires tzitzis, is it proper to sleep in a daytime garment with tzitzis? Meaning, 
listen to the Ramah says. The Ramah says, should one sleep with their tzitzis? The Ramah says, you're allowed to. The Koshkin Lishka Bandishari, first of all, the Shokhanach says you can go into the bathroom with your tzitzis. With the talus, we don't. But you don't take your tzitzis off when you go into the bathroom. But the, the, the Shokhanach, the Ramah adds, the Koshkin Lishka Bandishari, you're allowed to sleep with your tzitzis. But he says, the Ramah, the Ramah says, if there are those who say that one should not go to sleep with your tzitzis. Presumably at night. At night, at night. Correct, night, correct, at night, correct. The Mishnah Brewer brings the Arizal who says you should go ahead and sleep with your tzitzis at night. So the different opinions, but the Arizal is obviously very into Kabbalah. And he brings the Arizal that, that says you should, but the Ramah says there are those who say you shouldn't, and most people do not sleep with your tzitzis. Everyone can do what they feel is appropriate. Okay. So that is, again, basically, we make a bracha only when you're wearing a daytime garment during the day, because we're choshesh for the, for, for the rush and for the, and for the Rambam. Is okay. Since it's, you to, you to the entire day, you might. Tell us God is different. Depends how long the pause is, I believe. I'll, I'll check that out. Okay, good questions. Okay, now, could, the Gemara starts. The Gemara says as follows. So the, from the first line, if you remember, we said that if someone's reading in the Torah and they come across the Parshas of Kriya Shema, if he had Kavana, again, we don't know what the Kavana, we're going to see, we're going to discuss four different types of Kavana, but if you had Kavana, you're Yotze. The Gemara says, Shema Mina, we see from this first line of the Mishnah, Mitzvos Tzrichos Kavana. That mitzvos need kavana against what we said. What the we're going to see in the Gemara Shashana that if you someone is just blowing a shofar, um, you know, not necessarily having the correct mindset that it's a shofar, uh, you would or he's blowing it for the shei mitzvah, he would be yotze. And Rabbi says mitzvos answerichas kavana. This seems to be a, a very strong refutation of that mitzvos trichas kavana. So Gemara says, whoa, whoa, whoa. The word kivain here can mean many different things. What is my kivain libo? Yotza. I mean, what does it mean when we say Kivin Libo that he was Yotze? The Gemara says Likros. So the Gemara says he had in mind what it says, not that he had in mind to fulfill the mitzvah of Kriyashma. When we say Kriyashma, we're going to discuss tomorrow and on, and on Shavuos, there are so many different possibilities of what Kavon is. Let's just go through them quickly. One is that we have to understand that we are fulfilled, that we're, we have to live in the moment. You have to understand you're doing a certain act. When you're blowing a shofar, for example, and you have in mind that you're blowing a, tru- uh, a trumpet or a flute, let's say, as part of a band, and you don't even have in mind that you're blowing a shofar, that's called misasik. You don't even know what you're doing. So the first level of kavana is, forget about the shame of the mitzvah, you have to know the act that you're doing is the actual act that you're doing. You have to be living in the present. Now, number two is you have to have in mind that this is done, being done for the shame mitzvah. Okay? In other words... When I'm saying, how many of us actually think, besides the word Shema, we'll get to in a second, how many of us actually think when we're saying Shema, morning and night, we're fulfilling B'Shach B'Chav Kumecha? Do we ever stop to think about that? Not just the words, but that you're actually fulfilling one of the mitzvahs I say, Minat Torah, right? B'Shach B'Chav Kumecha, you have to say this, you have to say these words, B'Shach B'Chav Kumecha. So you have to actually be in the moment that you're saying not just regular words, meaningless words, you're saying Shema. Number two, that you're fulfilling the mitzvah. Number three, you have to have kavana samili. You have to understand what you're saying. We're going to see that tomorrow. You have to understand what you're saying. If you don't understand at least the first pasuk, you're not Yotze Kriyashma. If you don't understand, we're going to see tomorrow. Shlomo Zalman says that if you spaced out and all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of the third parak, par- 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 
And you don't remember saying that you have to go back to the beginning. You're not, he says, Sarachin is not sure that you said anything. And the fourth one is we're going to see an added level, specifically by Shema, is that the whole concept is Kabbal Samal If you just have in mind the words, but you don't think Kabbal Samal Chashmayim, then you're not Yotzeh possibly as well. So four different levels. So when it says here, if he had in mind, what do you have in mind? Kivein. If he had in mind, he's Yotzeh. What do you mean had in mind? He was reading from the Torah. So Gemara says, if he had in mind to read, Likros. So the Gemara says, if he had in mind to read, Likros Vakari. What do you mean if he had in mind to read? He's reading from the Sefer Torah. Of course he had in mind to read. Gemara says, no, if he had in mind to read the words of Kriyashma. Why? Because in our case, it's talking about that he's reading, for what purpose? Bekori Lehagiyah. That all he's doing is sometimes, if you look at Stu Silverman or Mitch, they actually go through the Torah, the scrolls, just to make sure that there's no letters missing or that no letters are smudged. So they're not really reading it in the Torah's reading, in the, con- in, in the context of reading the Psukim. They're really just not necessarily pronouncing it correctly. They're just looking to make sure that no letters you know, are, are, are scrubbed out or need to be fixed. So when you open a Sefer Torah and you're looking through it, when, even though you're reading, you're not always reading for the sake of reading. So that's what it meant. It has nothing to do with whether you had the kavana for the mitzvah. So it's not a refutation or disproof to, to Rabbah that mitzvahs ain't srichas kavana. Again, we said that if someone has a Sefer Torah and they're reading, they read Parsha Shlach, and then they read Devarim, they should be Yotzei the Torah if they had in mind, which implies if they didn't have in mind, if you don't have kavana, you're not Yotzei. Gemara says, no, when it says kavana, it's not kavana, mitzvah, srichas kavana, in the usual context, the usual meaning that you need to have kavana if you're filling a mitzvah. Here, it means you have to have at least the very beginning level that you intend to read. Forget about mitzvah. You may not need kavana that you're yotzei the mitzvah, but you need at least kavana that you're doing the most basic element, that you know what you're doing is reading Shema. If you're just reading it to fix the osios or the, or the smudged out letters, you're not yotzei. What's interesting is that what is the havamina here that you'd be reading the two things here? If one was to say that you would be yotzei, you'd be, yot, be reading the parshas of Kriyashma out of order. So one we see from here, Tosa says that the order of parshios are not makiv, are not necessarily critical to the fulfillment of mitzvah. Because if you're reading the Torah in order, you would read parsha three first, Vayomer first, and Shlach, then get to one and two, Veschanan and Ekev. And the Gemara says, if you had the proper kavan, you'd be Yotzeh. So Tosa says from here, clearly we see that the order of the parshios are not makiv, it's not critical. Ideally, you should follow Bishur ben Karcha says the formula. First off, Kabbalah so Machu and then Kabbalah so Mitzvos, and then you read the third parsha. But if you went out of order, you'd be Yotze. Number two, he says, the Brochos are Nama Akev. Clearly, when you're reading from the Sefer Torah, you don't have the Brochos Kriyashma. Two before and two after, or two before and one after at Marv. We did the, the Mishnah Daf Yudalef that discussed about the Brochos. But the Brochos here are clearly Nama Akev, because if you had the proper Kavana, you'd be Yotze reading from the Torah. But in the Torah, there's no Brochos Kriyashma. So two points that Tosos points out. Okay. Okay, continues the Gemara. The Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, Tana Rabbanan, Kriyashma Kirsava. So Kriyashma has to be read in the Lashon HaKodesh, as it is written in Hebrew. Divri Rabbi, that's what Rabbi Nasi says, it has to be read in Hebrew. So if it has to be read in Hebrew and you don't understand Hebrew? Oh, good. Keep in mind, we're going to get to that in a second. Excellent. V'chachamim, we're going to discuss, if you can say Kriyashma, I'll show us at the end of this, in five minutes. V'chachamim, Omer V'chachamim, Argue, you can say it in any language you want. Okay, Ayala obviously subscribes to this. All right, you can say it in any Lashon, assuming that you understand it. My time, the Rebbe, why would Rebbe say that Kriya Shema has to be said in only Lashon HaKodesh? Gemara says, Amakra, Pasas Vehayu. Pasas Vehayu Hadvarma Eile. These words will be 
And that means Bahav Yasan you as they appear, you have to read them. Fahyu these words for Hayu as they are, Bahav Yasan. They have to be as they are written. And the Gemara says, I what about the Rabbanan? This Pasuk is there for the Rabbanan also. How do they ignore this Pasuk? Why would the Rabbanan go ahead and say you can say uh uh any Lashon if they have the same psukim, a pasuk, the same words that, that Rebbe learned that you can say specifically only, that you have to say in Lashon HaKadosh. What does he do with the words, what do the Chacham do? They say, no, my time, Ayu. So how would they explain this pasuk? Amar Kra Shema. They say, don't look at that pasuk. Look at the pasuk of Shema. And what does Shema mean? Bechol Lashon Shema. Shema, we also discuss, sometimes means to hear and to understand, not just to hear, to understand. So if it means to understand, then it must mean you say in a language that you understand. To Ayal's point, if someone is not a uh, Abaki doesn't understand Hebrew very well, so isn't it better if the whole purpose is to be mekabel to accept upon ourselves Omal Chushmaim, the yoke of heaven, and to accept the mitzvos? Is it better I say it in a language that I have no idea what I'm saying, or should I say it in English? Or if you're whatever uh, country you come from in your in your native tongue, isn't that better? If the whole purpose is a kiyom balev that I accept upon myself. Isn't it better? That's what the Chacham say. When it says Shema, it says They interpret it to teach us that any language that you understand, that is the proper language. The Gemara continues. Now, if that's the case, that Shema means any language that you want, then the question flips back to Rebbe. Rebbe is the one that said, you have to say Lashon HaKodesh. The Rebbe not make Shema. But what's Rebbe going to do with the word Shema? Shouldn't he also be able to say now, you can say in any Lashon. If Shema means, say it in a Lashon that you'll understand. So the says, and we barely know, he needs that Pasuk for something else. Hashmeel Azlecha Mashatam That you have, that he learns the word Shema, something else. Hear, not understand. Hear. Say it loud enough that you hear. You can't say it in a monotone where you don't hear. So Shema can mean two things. According to the Chum, Shema means say it so you understand it, which means basically say it in any language that you will understand. The Gemara flips the question back onto Rebbe. Rebbe, you said uh, that you have to say in Lashon HaKodesh. What do you do with this Pasuk Shema? Shema means say it in any language you understand. He says, no, Shema can mean something else. It means listen, not understand, listen. Say it loud enough that you can hear your own words. So that's the Machlokas, what Shema means. Okay, the Gemara continues. So now the Chacham are going to say, whoa, now, now the question goes back to that. We're playing uh, tennis here, back and forth. We're, we're rallying, rallying over the, on the net. Now the ball's back in the court of the Chachamim. What are they going to do? Where are they going to say, from what Pasuk, if they use the word Shema to tell us to understand, meaning say it in any language that you understand, what about the requirement to say it so that you, loud enough that you hear it? Where are going to learn that from? So they say, They don't have that requirement. Who says you have to say it loud enough that you hear, that you hear the words? Who says that? So they don't subscribe to that view of Rebbe. The Gemara continues. Okay. Okay, but now let's get back to the original one. Whether you need it, so Rebbe said the reason why it has to be, when you say Shema, it must be is because it says And if it says it says Bahav Yasan you. You have to say it in the or in the in the language that they are as they appear, and that should be on Lashon Hakodesh. So what are the Chachamim going to do with that pasuk? Hahumi Bailei Shelo Yikra No, what they say is that it has to appear not in that language but in that order. You can't go ahead and randomly start switching Psukim. Rashi says even within the Psukim. Rashi says you can't say the last word of the pasuk first, then the second to last word, then the third last word. Or other people say you can't switch the order of the Psukim. But be that as it may. It has to stay in the same order. So either according to Rebbe is going to be say it as it is in Lashon HaKodesh, the Chachom are going to interpret it 
that it has to be in that order. You can't start switching Pasuk 6 and Pasuk 2 and Pasuk 5 and Pasuk 8. It can't be like that. So those are the two ways to learn. So we saw two machlokasim here. Either Vahayu Advarm Eila teaches us that you have to say in Lashon HaKodesh, that's Rebbe. The Chamas say you can't switch the order of the Psukim or the Parshios. Comes along, the second one is Shema. How do you interpret Shema Yisrael? So Rebbe says Shema <coughs> means you have to say it loud enough that you can hear. The Chamas say no, we don't subscribe to that. It means Shema means understand. Say it in a language that you understand. Yes, Ron? But you could, they both would say that you could switch the no, so ideally you should not. But just Tosos points out, they don't, they don't even discuss that. Tosos just points out, based on this, that you, one would say that uh, clearly that the order is not critical. The fact that the Mishnah says you can be Yotze reading the Torah, and we know the Torah is out of order, at least the way we say it in the Siddur. So Tosos makes that distinction. But these are the Tanoim. They don't, they don't discuss that. Okay, so the Gemara says, how does Rebbe know that you can't read Lemafreya? Again, that you can't read it out of order. If Rebbe uses the word Vahayu to teach us that language, it has to be in Lashon HaKodesh, where is Rebbe going to teach us that you cannot read out of order? He learns it out from Dvarim Hadvarim. It says Dvarim twice. And that means it has to stick in a certain Vayud Varm Eila comes to teach us it has to be specifically the Seder that they are written and the Charem don't make this extra Limud. For Rabbanu Dvarim Dvarim Lodashi they don't have this Limud therefore they have to learn it from Vahayu and therefore so it's a two-way Machlokas basically how do you understand Vahayu Advarm Eila and Shema. Okay, now the bottom line is the bottom line is um, how so let, let's see but two more lines, and then we'll discuss the halacha lemaisa today. The Gemara continues. The Memra, the Sefer Rebbe Tchalator Kolosha Cholasha Nemra. So let me ask you a question: If Rebbe goes out of his way to say that Shema must be said in Lashon Hakodesh, what's the implication for the rest of the Torah? Doesn't have to be. Those no, he's saying the Torah went out of its way to tell us here Shema Yisrael. V'hayu, sorry, Vahayu Advar Ma'ela. Say it as it is. But Vahayu Advarim doesn't apply to the rest of the Torah. So anywhere else we have to say something from the Torah, the implication from Rebbe is that you can say it in any Lashon. Right? That's, that's the Gemara says. Remember, is this to say, the Sava Rebbe, the Chol Torah, Kulashon, Kulashon, that you can say everything else in Shul. When you lay in every other Parsha, you can lay in the Parsha. If you're reading Parsha's Bracious on Sivchas Torah, you can start reading the English? That's the implication that Rebbe is suggesting. Because if you were to think that the whole Torah had to be in Lashon HaKodesh, why do I need the Torah to go out of its way to say Vahayu over here? Right? Meaning, only because it says Vahayu from Eilad, you have to read Shema in Lashon HaKodesh. Implication is, if it didn't say it here, or where the rest of the Torah is, you don't have to say it in Hebrew. Sigmar says, no, that can't be. Rather, No, really, he says the rest of the Torah also has to be said in Lashon HaKodesh. But because it says Shema, and you might have thought specifically here, Shema, understand it, say it in any language, he had to say no. Even here you have to say in Lashon HaKodesh. But certainly in the rest of the Torah, you also have to say Lashon HaKodesh. In other words, there was an extra pasuk or extra word here which may have led us astray and think that no, Shema, you don't have to say in Lashon HaKodesh because it says Shema. Shema means here. So there's at least a tzad to say, there's, an, there's, an, there's a possibility to say that it says Shema, say it in a way you'll understand it. Oh, that's why I would say that it had to say Vahayu Advarim to teach us, no, by Shema you have to say in Lashon HaKodesh. But that doesn't shed any light on the rest of the Torah. The rest of the Torah you'd also have to go ahead and, and say Shema. 
And similarly, the Gemara and say Shema and Kodesh. Similarly, the Gemara says the exact opposite for the Chachamim. The Memra is this to say to suffer about the Chatura Kol Lavashna Kodesh Nemra. If the if the Chachamim go out of their way to say that Shema can be said in any lashon, does that mean that the rest the Torah has to be lashon Kodesh? Because if not, the Sakadaita. Because if you wouldn't think so, Bechol Lashon Nemra. If you don't think that the Torah can be said in any other language, Shema Dechaz Rachmanali. Why? Because if you would think that the Torah could be said in all languages, why does Shema have to tell us specifically over here say it in any language? If the whole Torah can be said in any language, of course the Shema can be said in any language. So what, how did the Chachamim learn that? The Gemara says no. They also say it has to be said No, you might have thought here Vahayu, the exact opposite of Rebbe. Normally, you have to go ahead and you can say it in any language, but because there's Vahayu here, you would think that it has to be Kechsavan Therefore, they go out of their way to say that you can say it in any language. But of course, the rest of the Torah, you have to say it in Lashna Kodesh. Okay. Bottom line, Ayal's question. Does one, can one today say Kriya Shema in any language? Of course, the rest of the Torah, you can say in English. Not from the, you, you can say it, but we don't read it from the Torah like that. Right. right. So, I mean, you, yes, you can say it in English, but when, halakhically, we're not, we're, not, we're not reading from the Torah. Now, what is the halakh as far as saying Shema? So is it better to say Shema in a language that we understand? And this is general for davening. Is it better to say it in a language we understand, or is it better to stick Lashon HaKadosh? So this is what the Rambam says. The Rambam says in Kriya Shema, Perak Beis Halachiyud, Kori Adam HaShema Bechol Lashon Sheyeh Mevina. You say Shema in any language that the person saying it will understand. That's what the Rambam says. Okay? But he throws in one caveat. You have to be head and, and careful to enunciate and pronounce the words correctly as if you were saying it in Lashon HaKodesh. In other words, try to really interpret the words correctly so you don't make any mistakes. We're going to see why that's important in a second. And the Shulchan Aruch actually passes like that. It says, he says exactly what the Rambam says. You can say Shema in any language. In any language. But listen to what the Mishnah Berurah says. Mishnah Berurah says as follows. He says, Assuming that you understand, obviously, if you don't understand the language, the other language, obviously it's still better to say it in Hebrew. So obviously it has to be a language that you will understand. And Mishnah Berurah goes on, he says, He says all these things says the Mishnah Berurah, better to say it in English so you understand. We're going to discuss on Shavuos night, there are certain mitzvahs that have an action associated with it and other ones that just have words and the words are obviously supposed to impact our heart, supposed to make an, an impact on us mentally, spiritually. If you don't understand what you're saying, then it's not going to impact the way it's not going to hit home, it's not going to hit the target the way it's supposed to. So then there's no need to learn the Lashon Oh, uh, one second. He says, V'chozeh mitzad adin. You're like perfect segue. Aval the mitzvah mina muvchar who dafka b'lashon hakodesh. He says. He says. Okay, that's meikar adin. The strict letter of the law you could say in any language, but the optimal way is certainly to say it in Hebrew. And he goes on to say. He says because what's the problem? Because there's certain words you can't really. How are you going to translate vishinantam to teach? They're differently mudim. Vishinantam means it's to be so sharp. Shino means also sharp. It's to be so sharp in your mouth every Torah that someone asks you a question. The Torah says, you shouldn't study. You should have that answer right away. How are you going to interpret the word? Totafot, exactly. How are you going to interpret the word totafot? We're not even sure that it's an African word, says the Gemara. We're not even sure what it means. How are you going to interpret these words? 
Vishinantam can mean teach and be sharp. There's no word in the English dictionary that's going to capture both meanings. Says the Mishnah Bura, that's why many Achron say, even today, that um, you, you should still say in Lashon HaKodesh, because we're going to see tomorrow, what's the Me'ikir Adin? There's only one part of Shema you need to have Kavana for, and that is the first Pasuk. And he says, which year doesn't know Shema Yisrael Shem Echad? So even if you don't speak Hebrew fluently, if you don't know that, you should learn that Pasuk, but we presume at this point that all of us know Shema Yisrael Shem Echad, what it means. So it's better to say at least Shema and be Yotze in Lashon HaKodesh with the first Pasuk and not necessarily understand the rest than say it in a different language. So again, Me'ikar Adin, you can say it in any language and it applies to Tefillah or Berchus Amazon, Brachos Halos, says the Mishnah Baruch, but that's just the strict letter of the law. Mitzvah and Amuvchar to say it in Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh, because we're not going to keep tight. We're not going to be uh, adhere to the strict definitions if you interpret it in different language. But he says, how, really, all you need to see tomorrow is the first Pasuk. That's what the, you, the, the critical part of having Kavana for. And who doesn't know what Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Echad is? We'll pick up tomorrow morning. Amir Hashem.